Hey, we want to welcome you today to Pastor Toby Youngblood's podcast at Faith Now Podcast. I'm so excited about today's episode. We're calling it the healing episode, and I've just been so pumped up and excited and fired up about this episode because we have two special guests with us today, Randy and Esther Clay, who have been longtime members here at Faith Church, and God has taken them both on an incredible journey. Um, Esther was diagnosed with liver disease and has been on a physical battle with this for a long, long time. And uh, she received a miracle of healing and she received a, a liver transplant successfully. And I know it's been a journey for them both in their faith, um, not only physically, emotionally, spiritually, and mentally. So today we're going to get to hear a little bit of the story and a little bit of the journey from both of them. Uh, on this podcast. So you're going to be glad you're tuning in today and listening to this because you're going to find this to be a very encouraging podcast as I hope each and every week these podcasts can do something to strengthen you and encourage you. Um, And I just want to start out by emphasizing that we believe in a divine healer. We believe that God still heals people and we know that he can use doctors and medicines and things to help with that healing, but ultimately he gets the glory for the healing. James tells us in James chapter 5 that a prayer that is offered up in faith can heal the sick and the Lord can raise them up. We believe that's exactly what's happened for Esther Clay and for Randy. And so we want to take some time now just to kind of hear a little bit about their journey together. So we welcome Randy and Esther to the podcast. Let me just begin with you, Esther, and ask you um, how you're feeling right now and how you're doing now. I'm feeling great. Um, Doctors' reports have been coming in regularly, and everything is good. I am a little bit ahead of schedule, so that's a God thing, I mean, for sure. Amen, amen. Let's let's back up a little bit to where um, all this kind of physically began for you. Um, The information, I guess they told you that your liver wasn't healthy, and you began. Obviously, I know you're in and out of the hospital a lot. Um, and so if you want to just kind of start and give us a little um, information on how this journey kind of really started for you. Um, in 2017, I had to go to the hospital. I was um, vomiting blood, just straight blood, and I was diagnosed with um, cirrhosis of the liver. And it remained kind of silent until 2020, March of 2020, just about as soon as the COVID started. Um, I've been in and out of the hospital several times with fluid buildup on my stomach and my lungs. Um, They put in a stent, which helped with the lung part, but it didn't correct the stomach part. So I had to go about every 10 days to have fluid drained off my stomach. And during this whole process, what were the doctors, what was the ultimate goal for the doctors? Was the liver transplant ever in the picture or was that something that you had to get to a certain point? What ultimately brought us to where you could be a recipient to have a liver transplant um, and, and have that done? What What's that process? What was that like? Um, you have to, there's a MELD score and it ranges from 6 to 40. And when I first started with this problem, I was only at an 8 Well, it continuously went up the sicker I got. And um, when it gets up there to 25 and above, they start being concerned. 
Um, I had some other health issues that happened that were definitely God things, you know. Um, Well, let me switch gears here just a second and bring Randy in. And and I know, Randy, I know you're a man of faith, but um, I can't even begin to imagine what must have been going through your mind and your emotion and your spirit as well to watch, you know, your spouse going through this and... And um, if you would just kind of speak to what your journey was like seeing her in and out of the hospital, hearing this news about uh, your wife and, and kind of just the, what you were going through and, and what was helping you. And I'm sure there were tough times, but just speak to um, us today about kind of what you were, what you went through on this process, because I know you guys were going through this together, obviously. I mean, she was going through it, but you were there. Um, give us just a little bit of kind of what you were feeling and and maybe how your faith played a part of this. Well, in the beginning, they told us that there was uh, no cure for what she had and that she was definitely going to have to have a liver transplant would be the, her only option. But they said that that was on down the road a ways. Uh, and like she said, from 2017 to 2020, no, no complications really. And then it all hit. And uh, it's devastating to, to even a, a Christian man. Uh, we prayed every single day. And we, we prayed for healing, and we prayed for good days, and we, we prayed that, that God would provide a, a liver so that she could get the transplant. We prayed for her to be able to get on the list, which was a difficult issue to, at the beginning. And, you know, at one time they, they put her in the hospital, sedated her, and um, put her on a ventilator for six straight days. I could go talk to her, and she wasn't awake, didn't know what was going on. It was very difficult, but we prayed, and we had the church family praying and friends praying, and, and we knew that God was going to do it. And so she came out of that and was able to come home for a, a few weeks, and, and things were, it seemed like they were getting a little better. And then it all hit again, and we were right back in the hospital. She spent over 150 days in the hospital in the last 18 months, so it's been very difficult. But uh, we actually prayed that, that God would give us patience because uh, we knew that at some point he, he was going to deliver her from this, and, and we prayed every single day for that. And, and God come through, and he gave her a liver. Well, and that's a, you know, that's a tough thing you bring to, uh, to that point is you know, praying for patience, because I'm not a patient person. I know there's a lot of people right now that are probably setting and uh, walking through the same journey you guys are. Maybe it's a different, different situation or circumstance, but I'm sure they're like, we're ready for this thing to, you know, we need some answers. We're ready to be done with this and we want to move on. And yet you're still trying to balance that with your faith. And, you know, you, you're believing this is going to happen. And obviously we know that God's timing's perfect. And so those that are sitting out there right now in similar situations that, you know, need to be praying that prayer of patience, Maybe, Esther, you could uh, just tell us kind of maybe what you would do to encourage them or what encouraged you, because I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I've got to believe you probably had some tough days. I've got to believe that you may have thought to yourself, you know, is this really ever going to happen, God? And so um, I know you're a, a person of faith, too, but sometimes, you know, uh, you can get a lot put on you. And I know we all believe that we've heard that God will never put on us more than we can we can bear. And uh, tell us a little bit about your faith journey there and what kind of helped you through all of this and maybe something that you can tell our listeners today that maybe encourages them. Well, I just knew that because I was following God, 
that things were going to change. I didn't know at what point, and like he said, we prayed for patience because there were days when I would think, you know, this is this is going to last forever or I'm going to die soon. I mean, I just, you know, I never really focused on dying because I had this inner feeling, an inner peace that God was going to take care of me. I didn't know at what stage, but I knew he was going to take care of me. And, um, you know, you just can't ever give up on him. Don't ever let him not be the center of your world, your life, everything about you. You can't, you can't let Satan in there. And if he tries, you just have to rebuke him every time it comes about. And you have to be strong enough to keep saying that. No, devil, you have no place here. God's in control of my life. You, you just have to continue that. Absolutely. And I think that's an encouraging word to people today. And I know when something like this happens, um, it affects probably the entire family. And so, Randy, I mean, give us a little bit of insight uh, on that, if you can, as far as, you know, obviously, you know, you know, the financial burdens it is because obviously she can't work. You're having to take off work. Obviously, you're not being able to, you know, your grandparents. So I understand that I'm a grandparent. And so, you know, this kind of thing affects everyone around you. And talk about, you know, your family and what what you've gone through here with this and and how you've been able to continue uh, to find your faith. I think you mentioned it earlier, which I would like for you to speak to, too, is how important the friends and the, the Christian friends are, how important your church is and, and how important, obviously, your family and faith is. And so if you would just kind of talk to us a little bit of how the entire thing affected you know, your, your family. We had lots of, lots of people that, uh, we'd only see her once every three or four months. And, um, it was very difficult because she had lost so much weight and she was down to skin and bones. And, uh, it was tough on our kids, uh, to see their mom that way. And, and our grandkids just didn't, uh, didn't really understand. Uh, they were no longer able to come and spend the night because I, I was, trying to take care of her the best I could, and she was almost unable to do anything on her own, and I was trying to work a full-time job. Uh, so it was, a, it was a difficult, difficult time, and, uh, but we made it through it, and uh, our kids uh, helped out when they could. Uh, Candace being a school teacher, it, it made it kind of easy during the summertime because she was able to spend a lot of time at the hospital with her mom while I was at work, and Tyler was able to take off, and Amy, and and. It it was uh, it was a good thing that uh, they stepped up to help out, but it's um, it's a tough tough deal, and uh, uh, we knew that at some point she was going to win one way or the other. She was going to win, and God provided that. So, as far as family, financial, working, uh, it was a task in trying to take care of her. But uh, we made it. We made it because of God's grace. Amen. And and that's the thing is it's what I what I feel like I'm hearing you say is this whole process has really brought everybody together, strengthened everybody in their faith. A lot of times, you know, people right now, they're going through this. If they're not careful, something like this can just destroy that dynamic and can really frustrate them. And um, it's it looks like and it sounds like a lot that this has been difficult, but it certainly brought your faith stronger, brought your family stronger. Um, obviously, Candace, your daughter that you mentioned, and you have a son named Tyler, and it sounds like, you know, that your faith has grown much stronger through this. Um, 
if if you were to um, tell somebody today, Esther, that's going through something like you're going through, um, what would you say would be some key things that helped you, you know, through the days? Was it just your your prayer life? Was it, you know, because you're going through the pandemic, so obviously you're not having people come and see you to encourage you. So I know that had to magnify it. So um, were you reading scripture? Were you praying? Maybe both. But what could you tell somebody today that maybe feel like, you know, I'm just not going to, I just don't know that I'm strong enough to do this because I know you were weak physically, but we, you know, we can get weak spiritually and, right. and somebody today may be struggling in that. And, you know, you, you're a great example and inspiration to people. That's why we have you guys on here today. And maybe you have a couple of things that you can share with people about what they can do um, to help bring that strength when they're feeling, you know, maybe discouraged about it. Well, at first I didn't want it on Facebook but, you know, Facebook can be bad, but it can also be very encouraging. Yes. And when we finally put it on Facebook, I had so many people telling me they were praying for me. And I had friends and family who would um, send cards, you know, just send me a message of encouragement. Um, and you just have to stay grounded in God's word. You just. It makes such a difference in your life. And it doesn't have to be a whole passage that you're looking at. Just one line of a scripture can make a difference in a day. You know, you just have to stay focused on that. Um, but our support system with the people in our church, in our families, our friends, make all the difference in the world. I mean spiritually financially just being there when you needed somebody to send you a word i got that every time and i believe that comes from god Amen. god just took care of you and sent the people that needed to be sent in your life and provided the resources that you needed yes. to to have in your life and let's let's uh, let's talk about the you know the miracle that we all were believing for and talking about so you um you're told kind of take us back to that randy i'll ask you this so you can kind of then i'll come back with esther okay t bring us up to where okay you get the call hey this is going to happen and kind of just take us through that process and, and what was going on randy on september the 18th we got the call at 3 a.m in the morning and uh headed to oklahoma city because that's where the transplant was going to be and uh probably sped just a little bit to get there <laughs> But you're you're anxious, but you're you're nervous, and because you don't know, they have to check out the liver and make sure that it's all good, that it's a match, and so you're you're concerned, and and uh, it took 23 hours from the time we got the phone call before she went into surgery, and I stayed up all night that night, and and uh, we spent time together praying, and and asking the Lord that this be a match, that this is a good one, and and uh, finally. At 2 a.m. the next morning, they took her into surgery. Uh, surgery was about five hours, and uh, the doctor came back out and met me in the waiting room, and I was the only one in there all night long. And But he said everything went well. It looks like it's going to work. And so uh, we were pleased. And uh, we're so thankful uh, that there are donors out there. And if yes. you're not a donor, 
you know, consider it. I'm not saying you have to do that, but at least consider it. Right. Because she's living proof that that uh, her life was spared because uh, of God and because he provided that liver. Amen. Um, and that's a good that's a good good point that you that you make, Randy. And what a great you know um, thing that is for somebody to be able to donate um, their organs to help others continue to live on. And I think that's incredible. And and certainly, as you know, God provided those those um, opportunities and and certainly a gift. Um, Esther, I can't imagine what was processing through your mind when the call came. You're headed to Oklahoma City. I mean, what is going through your mind right then? We get in the car to go to Oklahoma City, and for five miles I might be calm, just, you know, praying and thinking about it. And the next 15, 20 miles I might be just bawling my head off. You know, the emotions were so high and so low, uh, I can't even begin to describe because, like he said, we don't know if it's all going to be a match. You know, we don't know if this trip is the real thing or if we're going to have to go through this again. So we're trying to prepare ourselves both ways. And um, my emotions were all over the place. I mean, I remember thinking... God, this has got to be you in control of this situation because I don't, I don't have any control. I have none. And, um, yeah, it was a long, drawn-out thing, but... You got your miracle. I got my miracle. Now, let's talk about that because that's, that's the thing that really is exciting because I know, and um, you, you come out of the surgery successful... Um, we're talking to Randy, then they began to tell us what the recovery process was going to look like. And, you know, there was this, you know, the possibility, obviously, that you're going to have to be in the Oklahoma City area for quite some time. You don't live there. You live here, but they wouldn't let you uh, live too far away because of just needing to do your follow-up stuff. So, Randy, talk about that a little bit after we've, you know, hey, she's made it through this. Now the doctors are giving you new instructions and and so let's let's go on that journey and process what the doctors told you after the surgery was over and what was going to happen at that point. Anytime you're a liver patient and have a transplant or any type of transplant, you have to stay within a 50-mile radius of, of Oklahoma City. Uh, it's 103 miles from here to our, from our house to the hospital there. So that was not going to work, and we knew that. And so uh, our kids found a uh, bed and breakfast and and rented that, and the people were Christian people, and um, they allowed us to do it a month at a time. So we wasn't tied up for three months of, of renting a place, but but the doctors told us that we, we need to stay within within that range because we're going to have to come back to the hospital every week and have tests, blood tests, and see the surgeons and, and that type of thing. And um, so she was in the hospital for nine days after the transplant, and they told us normally that's 10 days. They let her out a day early. And they said that uh, they would go ahead and just let her stay there in Oklahoma City somewhere. So I stayed in a motel for the first few days because we were scheduled to move into this place 10 days later. Well, she got out early. So the first 10 days I was, was staying in a motel. And uh, after that, we got to go to the house and stay there. It was a, it was a nice place. And... The kids got one that they felt like that was big enough for um, 
all of us because we was expecting to be there in Thanksgiving and be there possibly at Christmas. So it was a three-bedroom, two-bath two house and uh, 1,600 square feet, so we wasn't cramped up, and, and things were going well. And uh, so each week we had run back over to the hospital to do the blood test and meet with the doctors, and they said things are way ahead of schedule. You're doing really, really well. And they tweak our medication just a little bit every now and then. But other than that, no issues whatsoever from the doctors. And so after 26 days, he said, I think you can go back to Glenpool. So he knocked off an extra two months that we was going to have to spend in Oklahoma City and, and be able to come home was, was, was a great deal. And we wasn't uh, out the money to, to provide a place to stay up there, plus the eats and that type of stuff. So it's a costly deal. Uh, one other thing that I'd like to mention is uh, I have her on my insurance. And we went out with the financial people at the beginning. Uh, they told us it's going to be around a half a million dollars for this surgery. And she said, I'll get back with you the next day. And she did. And she said, you're not going to believe this, but your insurance is going to pay the entire deal. Wow. You pay $1,000 up front. The rest Amen. of it is covered by insurance. So God's in there again, you know. Amen. You know what's incredible about this whole story is uh, this is more than just one miracle of getting a oh, yeah. a transplant. It's oh, amazing. Yeah. And, you know, it's, sometimes it's hard for us to see that in the middle of it, you know. But when then we start, when you're telling me this, we look back and thought, well, that was a miracle. That was a miracle. I mean, it's a, it shouldn't be amazing, but it is amazing that how God just, you just see God's hand throughout this whole sure. journey. And so, um, man, this powerful stuff, I know this is going to be encouraging to people. I want to I wrap this up by uh asking Esther, because I know both of you have been in this church a long, long time. Both of you have been leaders. Esther, I remember when I came, you were teaching, you know, our our students, and you had them in your home, teaching them about faith, uh, about being strong in adversity. Back then, probably never even realizing that someday you're going to have to live through what you've actually were teaching these young girls. And so I'd just like to to, to close this podcast out with you, just sharing any thoughts that you may have now on this journey to where, you know, you, you were training and teaching these these young people and uh, students in Bible study. And now, you know, God has got you on this journey that I know then you never thought you would actually now have to live through what you are teaching other girls when it comes to life and trials and things. And so um, just kind of wrap this up and tell us kind of how you're feeling now, you know, what you think you've learned through all this and maybe what God has maybe showed you. Um, yeah, those girls were an exceptional group of girls. And since I've had the transplant, I've heard from a few of them telling me what an encouragement I was to them. And that just kind of touched my heart because I'm like, you know, that was a God thing there for sure that I was doing it because I'm not comfortable with that as a rule. Um, but those were more like my kids. I mean, those girls were a special group of people and they taught me a lot. I mean, you know, but um, the whole process has been such a God thing from beginning to end. I mean, even when I was at my sickest, when I had been at Tulsa Hills, our original hospital was St. Francis. Well, at Tulsa Hills, they called St. Francis to see if they had a room for me. They didn't have a room for me, so they sent me to St. John's. That, that in itself was a God thing. Right. Because I stayed there 14 days. 14 days. They immediately sent me 
to Integris in Oklahoma City. That's another God thing. And, you know, I was reading this morning that um, in 2008 there were 89,000 people waiting for, for donations. Didn't say exactly what. But I wasn't on the list but two months. That doesn't happen. That's God in control of everything. And um, there are so many miracles that happened during this whole thing that it just still blows my mind. And I just, I don't feel like I'm worthy for what he's given me, but I'm going to do the best I can to see that he shines through me through this whole process because if it weren't for God, I wouldn't be here. Amen. Amen. That's why we're calling this podcast the healing episode. And if you don't believe that God still heals people, then you need to talk to Randy and Esther Clay. That's right. And they'd be happy to share with you their testimony and their story because this is real life difficulties happening to real life people. And uh, they would, I'm sure, let you know right away that faith and prayer and family and friends and all that is is real and it's an important part of your journey in life and so what a what a great testimony what a great story of healing god is still in the healing business and um, i know that brandy and esther believe that and we're encouraging you that are listening right now that are going through difficulties or going through uh, situations in your life to never give up on god never quit believing because just like randy and esther experienced a miracle you can experience a miracle too. And so uh, we want you to know that um, there are better days ahead and there are good things that can happen. And just keep trusting God for that. Randy and Esther, thank you for joining on this podcast. I know people are going to be encouraged uh, by your story. And we look forward maybe to to some future times that we can spend to see how you're doing. And But you look great and God's brought you through this journey. And uh, we're so excited to see what he's going to do with this testimony and with your, I know that God can bring something good out of something bad and he's already doing that. And so God bless you guys. I appreciate you being on the podcast. Is there anything you want to share before we close? Any last words or anything that either one of you have? If not, we're going to wrap this thing up. And if you need more information or have any questions about the podcast or want to talk to Randy and Esther Clay, you can contact our church and we'll get you in touch with them. And uh, I thank you for listening. Be sure and check out our Faith Church Now website. Also join us on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. for our uh, traditional service and 1030 for our contemporary service. And you can join us on the live stream as well at 1030. And we just want to be a resource to help you and give you hope and, and give you strength in your faith. And uh, we appreciate you listening today. God bless you. We hope you have a great week. Thank you, Randy and Esther. We appreciate you coming in today.